back, everybody, to another episode of Igniting the Spark Talk Film Society's Star Wars podcast. I am your host and uh, number one uh, Kylo Ren fan, Callie Smith. Uh, And today we are discussing, as much as I love Kylo Ren, we are discussing Mandalorian Episode 8, the first season finale. Um, And today I will be discussing that with Eli Smith. How are you doing, Eli? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, I can see all of your Kylo Ren stuff behind you. So you're not, you're not just talk. No, I'm not. Um, I have I have a couple behind me. Have a couple on my desk. It's 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 a mess of atom drivers in this room. I remember showing somebody into this room one time, and they were just like, "Hey, you 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 good?" And I was just <laughs> like, I was just like, I swear, I I did not order this many. The artist sent me some free extras, and I was like, "Holy crap, sir! I ordered two. Now I have four, and it looks like I am." Loki obsessed, which I mean, I am, but so is all of America, honestly. Let's be real. True. <laughs> I only have one Kylo Ren figure of some sort somewhere, but that's like a big deal for me because I don't really like collect a lot of things. So the fact like that I have a... one might give me that number two slot right behind you as his number one. <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, in my book, yes, you got it. Definitely. Nice. You have it. Definitely not, you know. <laughs> my friend I know who has like three different Kylo Ren outfits. <laughs> no, it's just me. Shout out to my friend uh, Wayne, um, who is not listening to this right now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but so um, whenever I started record, I think I started recording the first episode of the season. I think me and um, Shay recorded our Rogue One episode right around the corner from May the 4th. And now here we are. Um, it's been a, it's been a long road with a lot of gaps in episode recordings, and we are right around the corner now from Book of Boba Fett. Yes, this is super exciting. You just rewatched the trailer right before we started recording. What what is the first thing on your mind right now with fresh eyes on the trailer again? Are you aware of the fact that Jabba ruled with fear, but Boba intends to rule with respect? Because that's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. Um, I'm pretty jazzed about that. Um, We we have to stand somebody who who wants to you know set such a better precedent. Then again, I feel like it would be hard to set a worse precedent than Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Yeah, Jabba's not like a great ruler. It's actually impressive that he stayed in power as long as he did. Yeah, I mean, legit. In all of the in all of the interactions we saw uh, with him, and you know, I mean, any character, but especially with Han, you're kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. how, how are you? How are you in charge here? Whenever you're letting Han just walk all over you, literally and literally. <laughs> he stepped on his tail. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, one of the most upsetting like CGI additions <laughs> is the like face that he makes after Han steps on his tail in the newer editions. I hate it. It's bad. Yeah, George, it was fine the way it was. It's Um, not great. (laughs) But now Boba's ruling with respect and nobody is stepping on his tail. Yes. Um, I am really, really uh, 
excited to see what happens with this uh this little show same i've been i've been kind of like avoiding i don't know any news or it's not like there have been many trailers but i've just kind of been like you know what it's i'm good yeah (laughs) i don't need to see anymore just show me that i'll be there on the day it comes out you know that's kind of how i am with everything now like i watch the trailer on twitter for everything when it comes up and then I watch yeah. it one time and then I usually don't watch it again until I see it. But yeah, I did rewatch that trailer because I was like, well, I'm going to get asked about it. So I probably need to like remember. <laughs> Let what's me in the remind trailer. myself real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, a brief sidebar, but that's exactly the same how I am. Like, unless it's a trailer I'm seeing in a theater, I have been doing my best to avoid uh, anything except for the very first trailer for The Matrix week (laughs) i just got my ticket right before we started recording so So exciting um so yeah i feel you is the point because yeah there are certain there are certain movies certain things right that as soon as somebody announces it you're like i'm on board i don't even need to see anything just hit me hit me blind with whatever this is you know can i ask you about this because the last time i recorded an episode with you i don't think this had come out yet Mm -hmm. but have you watched visions I am behind and I have not seen visions yet. I know. Oh no, I, know. I didn't mean to incriminate the host, you. <laughs> the host of the Star Wars pod and I haven't watched Visions yet. Um It's okay. I'm really excited to check it out, but well, here's the other thing about God love <laughs> I don't want to be too negative on good old Disney, but Disney Plus's algorithm uh did not push visions very no. hard i feel like no it didn't at so all So it kind of fe- kept keeps falling off my radar um like it's a little sad that i've started hawkeye before i remembered to start visions <laughs> yeah i just rewatched like most of the episodes the other day um yeah and i've heard such good things it's so good um, especially about the art just the art mm-hmm. and the artistic direction of those episodes so yep. I'm really excited to, and I've always, ever since they announced that, I was like, this is so smart because I feel like a lot of people do forget that the roots of Star Wars are in like Japanese cinema. Yep. Um, and bringing it back to like, you know, samurai vibes and stuff like that that I've seen in some of the images from it just like looks awesome. I don't know how much you can say about it without getting into spoilery stuff, but I mean like Well, I'll say this cuz it was in the trailer. Great. There's a bunny Jedi and that is pretty cool to me. Ah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just bought a giant like bunny teddy bear thing, so I'm like now I'm on on board. Like I'm going to watch Visions as soon as I leave here now. Yeah. Um, because Bunny Jedi sounds pretty, pretty rad to me. Um, uh, I'm so glad that you have told me something that's got me (laughs) ready to go on visions now. uh, You were not going to even watch it until I told you that there was a Bunny Jedi and now you're (laughs) all in. Yes. uh, Yes. I am famously not ever watching (laughs) Star Wars content. Right. Um, (laughs) but anyway, anyway, today though, we are here to talk about the season finale of season one Amando, um, which is Redemption, uh, which is directed by uh, everybody's favorite guy, Taika Waititi. Um, and boy, this episode really just kicks off right off the bat with like big Taika Waititi. Yes, <laughs> that first scene is so Taika. You, it doesn't really 
like I remember watching it the first time and being like, is the whole episode going to be like this? And it kind of yeah. feels like in that one scene, they're like, uh, let's just like let him have one scene where he can just fully do the Taika thing. Yeah. Um, but the whole episode is great. It's just that that, oh, yeah. that opening scene is very fun. It feels very, I, I, it feels very much like they had, they were like, well, we got to give Taika, like you said, like one scene where he can just, do his Taika thing, let some people improvise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they did. You know, they got the scout troopers are um, fame, semi-famously, at least to people like us who care about these kind of details. <laughs> um, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Adam Pally, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty funny that now one of the actors is like America's favorite, most wholesome dude. <laughs> and the last thing we saw him do was punch Grogu like, multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. Which one was he? Was he the one that punched Grogu? He is the first one. So the one that punches him like twice. And okay. then Adam Pally is the one that like gets bitten and then punches. Him. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Um, I forgot that they straight up punched this baby a few yeah. times. <laughs> and like, they don't like <laughs> the sound editor like puts in a little like whatever yeah. they do like it's it's upsetting like yeah I mean um, he is 50 I, you have to remind yourself of that like yes but yes. he is still a baby as well he is he is very cute <laughs> um, and this episode does have a couple really great uh, Grogu moments speaking mm-hmm. of him being cute this is an episode where a uh, good old Grogu really gets to shine because he has the uh near the end they have the whole like baby do the magic hand thing and Grogu just like "Eh," yeah it's the best um and it's been memed to death by people who know how to make memes and facebook moms alike (laughs) (laughs) um that is one of the bummers of good old Grogu to me that i've been more and more aware of um, and honestly could very well be a factor in why I've slowed down in podcast production is I get a little depressed about how, like, like I said, bad memed yeah. Grogu is. The memification like, of Grogu. Yeah. Everybody um, knows who he is, even if they're not really into the show. Like my nephew, yeah. who's three, like he last year for Christmas, all he wanted was a baby Yoda. He doesn't even know what Star Wars is. He just knows what baby Yoda is. He and just knows of Baby Yoda. He knows one Star Wars character, Baby Yoda, and then every other Star Wars character is named Star Wars to him. <laughs> a Star Wars. That's a Star Wars right there. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. That That is kind of Loki a little depressing, though. Because, yeah, like, man. I mean, now, it, you know, it makes sense. In other episodes of this season, we've discussed the fact that Grogu, as much as we do love him. I mean, look mm-hmm. at him. He is very much a creation that is very brilliantly made on the part of Disney to mer- move merchandise, you know? Yes, but also that's kind of always just been a part of Star Wars. It's always part so of it. yeah. it's kind of okay Star with Wars me. is something that like started as no having no intention of that and mm-hmm. then very much became very quickly like, oh, okay. Yeah. We can sell things. Um and people like Callie will buy them. <laughs> yep. So they got it, they got me pegged. What can I say? It's fine. Um, we don't even know, know that his name is Grogu yet, do we? No, we don't. I have been kind of just like with this season, just being like, eh, most people have seen Mando. We'll call <laughs> yeah. him Grogu already. Um, but no, we don't. In fact, speaking of not knowing names, 
we actually don't know Mando's name until this very episode. Oh, really? Um, yeah, this is huh. the episode where we learn uh, Mando's name. I um, guess officially, but I felt I feel like they like in the episode is it the first time they say it? But I feel like yeah, people like they, they had told us. Or maybe it was leaked or something. I I believe it was an accidental leak. Okay. Because I remember that there was a red carpet event where good old Pedro Pascal, somebody asked him like, oh, so you're playing the Mandalorian. (laughs) What's what's his name? And like without thinking about it, he went, oh, yeah, his name's Din Djarin. And then like I never heard that name again until like episode eight came out. And I was like, oh, so they did some quick panic recovery on that. And like, yeah. like Pedro, don't, Pedro, no. <laughs> what if he just made that up? And then they like, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, shit, I, guess I guess we have to put it up. in now. <laughs> it is. We should uh, mention that that is such a rad Star Wars name. Like, it's a good Din name. Jaren is an incredible Star Wars name. Um, but yeah, we have that scene where, you know, Moff Gideon is just like confronting them and showing off how much he knows about all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, that yeah, this is the first time we hear his name. Which, yeah, no, it's got to be because he, he then says like, I haven't heard that name since I was, you know, a, a kid. Um, yeah. So... God knows if he hasn't heard it since then, we, the audience probably haven't either. Um, so yeah. And man, what a good, I mean, in the last episode is where we really get introduced to Moff Gideon, but like what a good, like, I don't know, introduction for how this guy talks and operates, you know, he's Mm -hmm. this guy who's incredibly well-spoken and, uh, knows exactly what's going on at all moments. But then again, you also constantly hear through the scout trooper thing, like, yeah, Moff Gideon just like murdered a bunch of our coworkers, like for literally looking at him funny, basically, (laughs) you know, like, um, and I guess I got that message. Did you get that message? (laughs) That was a really good, that was a line that I looked at and went, I feel like that was, that was definitely a Sudeikis improv right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it's just, and I mean, to be fair, that kind of controlled menace is, I mean, that's at this point, Giancarlo Esposito's whole bag, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing, did you, I'm surely you saw Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul back then? Actually, no. No? <laughs> no. I'm so, um, I'm so disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. But <laughs> I'll watch it when you watch Visions. I will, yeah, okay. Well, that, that means this evening, so you okay. get on top of it. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's um, very good, of course. <laughs> Here's a hot take. Breaking Bad's good. <laughs> Have you ever heard about this one? Oh. Um, <laughs> no, does, but Sean Carlo Does he roll with respect in that? Uh, yes, actually, I gotta say, yeah. Okay. As, as much as you can when you're, like, drug drug kingpin right <laughs> but his his character in that is like straight up one of my favorite villains i've ever seen in anything ever too so um he just it's it which is kind of funny because i i remember the first time i saw like do the right thing mm-hmm. um have you seen that one yeah i watched that pretty recently for the first time and i yeah. was so excited because i didn't realize it's- he was in it before i started watching it but yeah, and his energy is so different as a like young actor mm-hmm. to what he is now, which is just like very all of his performances, at least, right, are this yeah. very controlled kind of mm-hmm. character. And then you go back to do the right thing, and he is pure chaos, <laughs> chaos distilled into a person. 
Yeah, um, that's crazy. And but he's he's what what an actor. Um, it's it's great. It's and he's so good in this too. Um, used very sparingly, but like still, I don't know. He just has such a powerful presence. Like he feels. Yeah. He feels like he has, a legit Star Wars villain to me, even though he's yeah. he's only in a couple episodes total, right? I mean, I, he's mm-hmm. in season two more, but um, yeah. But yeah. even then, he's still like kind of just peppered yeah. in here and there. And I mean, he's got he's got the gravitas to do it, you know, yeah. to only be there a little bit and just feel like a constant presence in the background of the episode. Yeah, all the episodes. He feels like a classic Star Wars, like Imperial officer type, but also just slightly scarier. Yeah, it's just like yeah. elevated a little bit. Yeah, just like a little bit more, and it's great. And it's, I really like also, obviously, you know, being into Star Wars costuming. I notice these things. How he's mm-hmm. designed is really cool because, like, yes. He has the officer robes and stuff, but he's also got like a little bit of armor on that like shows you that like, yeah, this is a guy who is in leadership, you know, and everything, Mm -hmm. but he's also going to get his hands dirty and get into there and, uh, you know, get into a battle and make the decisions and be in the line of fire too. Um, He's just, he's just a very well-designed, really cool character. Um, and we also, whenever we meet him there, get a little bit of like kind of foreshadowing of what's going to happen um, by the end of the episode, the reveal we get with him at the end, because he talks mm-hmm. about being involved in the, the siege of Mandalore. And, you know, we get some we get some backstory with with Din and, you know, um, the fact that his name is in the books. So that's the only reason that Moff mm-hmm. knows it. A lot of background in a very short amount of this episode it's not very much they just kind of right in the middle like smack you with a big like flashback sequence and all kinds of info um mm-hmm. but it's great i really really like the um the silent flashback sequence of, of din as a kid it's um, really fun seeing the super battle droids like yeah <laughs> because like you haven't really seen them in live action in a while and they just look really good yeah there's something that yeah, we haven't seen them since like the prequels whenever we were still <laughs> just all across the board. Everybody was still kind of, kind of ironing out CGI and all of that. Right. And now with like our modern technology, seeing those designs again, it's like, oh, damn. Yeah, those things would yeah. be super menacing and terrifying. Like, yeah, they're terrifying in this. And also yeah. like they're so like shiny in in I always think of um, specifically episode two because I feel like that's what they're in the, the most. That's like yeah. they're their big moment is the battle geonosis, but like they're so shiny and I feel like just adding a little bit of dirt to them in this makes them look so much scarier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is the key uh, to star Wars design in pretty much any way, shape or form costume or anything. It just adds more yeah. dirt to it. <laughs> Except for Padme's Naboo yeah. cruiser, because that is a shiny ship that should remain shiny. It it's very cool looking. Shiny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it must be shiny. It must be pristine at all times. We talked about these scenes where we get a lot of this, um, you know, info, which is then, mm-hmm. of course, followed by a pretty rad little um, battle sequence. Um, and then where we get where we get I, IG coming back with uh, Grogu and kind of storm in the place. Um, 
But then... Incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I love it. I mean, Taika, of course, directed the episode and is also providing Mm -hmm. the voice. I don't know. I don't think he's doing the physical movements for it, but at least the voice for this droid, um, Mm -hmm. who is such a great character now that he's been, you know, reprogrammed. Um, I was really sad when he died. Just because, yeah. like, I would have loved for him to just be Mando's droid that hangs out with him for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, and I think the only reason that that doesn't happen is because it would just be, like, I don't know, too easy for Mando to have, like, yeah, such a useful Yeah, kind of droid, unstoppable. You know? Yeah, if he, had, if he had a droid with him that could heal him with a Bacta thing in a matter of hours every single time he got into a scrape, you'd be like, all right, there's no stakes anymore. But Especially because like be cool? season two is just all about Mando hanging out with his super tough, cool friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If IG is it IG eleven? Is that I the? Think it's not IG eighty eleven. Yeah, eighty eight is the other one from the OG trilogy. Which yeah, which um, I don't really know why he's not just IG eighty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder if that was ever part of the plan was just for him to be IG eighty eight because, and then they were like, mm, let's just make him a different let's one. Let's make him a different one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense that, you know, I guess, you know, if they're a model, if they're a brand of droid, mm-hmm. that there would be uh, a bunch of them across the galaxy yeah. doing all kinds of bounty hunting work, or, or in this one's case now, nursing work, um, Yep, as he points out many times. Um, but yeah, the thing that this brings us to that I... Like, really, the thing that I really noticed this time in this that made me go step back and go, whoa, what an interesting choice that I don't know what the, the like, idea behind it is. Um, we see Grogu, of course, use the Force again um, mm-hmm. when the Flame Trooper comes in and is about to just roast the heck out of all of them and not in the fun Comedy Central way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Grogu raises a hand, uses the Force... And this time through, what I notice I think is so interesting is that the theme that plays in the background is not like the Force theme or anything. It's actually Ben Solo's theme. Um, and what? Kylo I did not Ren notice that. Theme. Yeah, it, it, is, it is Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo's theme. It's the like, ba-da-da-da-da. And I remember, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, right. I usually notice things like that, and I did not <laughs> notice that. But of course, the only reason I like noticed this being that you know I, whenever that's I'm why I'm number two. Yeah, number, number two, right? Well, whenever I'm in the costume, it's something I like kind of have to notice because I'm right. like, hey, that's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just noticed that this time, and I was like, huh. What does this mean? <laughs> I feel like this is a code that I'm not getting. Or maybe it could just be like, well, I don't know, we thought that theme sounded better there. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially when you consider that, you know, in season two, of course, the mm-hmm. spoilers for that, they may or may not be on a possible collision course. Uh, right. We don't we don't know for sure, but uh, we don't, but they are both apprentices of Luke Skywalker. Yes. And Grogu is a very long-living thing, uh, creature. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at this point in the Star Wars canon, Ben is five. <laughs> so okay. he's he's like, he, he little. Um, he little too. Um, so he's not being sent off to Luke's yet, but like within the next... 10 years he will be 
Um, hmm. I don't know. It's just a really interesting choice that makes me, you know, of course me, um, sit back and go, whoa, <laughs> what's that mean? Tell, tell me more. <laughs> I need yeah. to know. And I do wonder if, you know, in future seasons we will continue to follow what's going on with Grogu too. Like, you know, like maybe a swapping back and forth between Mando and Grogu thing or if we're going to, yeah. because I, I, I God knows I want to know. <laughs> I want to yeah. see more and know why that theme was there other than we just wanted that one. That theme. Yeah. I won't get into it on this because this is about episode eight, but you're going to just have to have me back on to talk about season two because like I I had, <laughs> I was so surprised by how so many things played out in that yeah. season. And it's very, very, very interesting. I really don't know what season three of the show is going to be, but yeah. Well, and I mean, that's part of the reason why Book of Boba Fett is so exciting, too, is because, like, whatever happens in this show will definitely, at the very least, affect, tangentially, um, Mm -hmm. Mando Season 3. But there have been rumors of of Din appearing in this, in uh, Book of Boba Fett at some point, too. Um, I hope so. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. We love him. him. He's the best. Um, He's the best. Uh, I'm... I just keep wanting to talk about season two, but I won't. I will. <laughs> I just—it's it, fine. We don't have tons to talk about in just one episode. You can have a season okay. Two I'm just going to say this one thing want. then. Okay. Okay. This, okay. This one sidebar, and yes. obviously it is a spoiler, as we've already spoiled many things about season two. But like, <laughs> it, it made me so happy that it seemed like Boba was going to be like the big bad of season two, to me at least, and then like they just kind of become pals. <laughs> like, yeah. Like when it got to like the last couple episodes and he's just like part of his crew, like Boba's not even like that big a deal. He's just like helping Mando out. Like, I don't know, man, I want to see more of that energy in book of Boba Fett. I don't know if we will, but I love what they did with Boba in season two. And I was really yeah. like kind of worried about how they're going to use him because I was just like, I'd, it seems like that's like the obvious thing to do for the fans is yeah. like bring back Boba Fett. But I love what they did with him. Okay. I'm done. Back, back to <laughs> redemption. No, but I mean, it, it is a good point. I mean, to be mm-hmm. fair about all of Mando is one of everybody's yeah. big concerns is anytime a character shows up that we know and love is like, how are they going to use them? Are they going to get it right? I mean, which mm-hmm. they do because Filoni is involved in this and a lot of those yeah. characters are very beloved by him uh, as well. Um, but yeah, they nail uh, Boba in, in season two. Um, yeah. It's and really it's great. still very fan servicey, but in like a fun way that I don't mm-hmm. mind at all. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, my, one of my favorite parts of season two was how he was used, but yeah. And hey, now now we'll get even more of him. And, and now he's going to rule with respect instead of fear. Because people are used to Tatooine being ruled with fear. But he's going to rule with respect. And I think that's something that we should acknowledge. That we should all support and get behind. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, am delighted to hear it. Because like you said, Tatooine has always been just like a pit of, of awfulness. And maybe, yeah, maybe too Boba. Too much fear. Maybe Boba is, is the one who's going to bring it back and be like, all right. Nah, mm-hmm. we're fixing this. This is this is a lovely little planet, and maybe we should we should <laughs> make Tatooine crack. <laughs> oh no! What pops into my head? Oh no, Boba, no. Um, what if that is what the show is about? Is like he just he just like cleans up Tatooine, and he just, 
<laughs> oh man, I love it. Like vigil- vigilante Boba Fett just being like, it's "All like- right, guys, tidy this up." The end of the season, they're just like, there's really not any problems around here anymore. Like, Pope was doing a great job. <laughs> He's doing a great job. On to the there's next no crime. <laughs> no crime anymore. We're doing great. Who would have thought that a bounty hunter would be the one who shaped us up? Crazy. Uh, well, it's because he rolls with respect. Um, you are so right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love hey, it. Hey, can we talk about that big leggy robot in the lava river? Yeah. For sure. Because, I mean, that might be all I have to say, but <laughs> <laughs> there's an asteroid, astro droid, and he's got long legs, and they walk into the, the, the cave with the lava river, and um, uh, Carl Weathers' character, I think, says, this is the lava river. Yep. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> it <is. laughs> sure. I can see that. <laughs> I do love that droid. I also love that it doesn't work worth a damn. <laughs> and no, that, like, it's a bad droid. <laughs> and that Kara just has to like blast the hell out of him and it still doesn't work. <laughs> the boat still continues forward. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like anytime I even mention good old Kara on the pod, I just need to be like, mm, the briefest yeah. little sidebar. Fuck Gino Carano. All right, moving yeah. on. <laughs> you know, um, she's the worst. We don't need to get into it again. She's but, not you know, good. She's the worst, but the character is kind of cool. We must acknowledge a um, cool character, which just makes it a shame even is, more that she's ex- the worst. Right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you know who is a good character? Grief Karga gets such a good. He, Carl Weathers gets so much time to shine in this episode. <laughs> I love his little outfit, too. <laughs> he's <Yes>. so cool. <laughs> he's such a fun character that, like, I don't know. He starts very much as, you know, like any other character who's connected to bounty hunting. Very serious. Mm-hmm. Very, mm-hmm. this is what's happening, Mando. You know, here's here's your data thing. Get out of here. Go kill somebody. Um, <laughs> and now, by the end, he's having the, I already mentioned the, like, do the magic hand thing, baby. But, I mean, that's such a good. <laughs> Yeah, it's just such a good and then just the immediate like, all right, I'm out of ideas. Whenever Grogu doesn't come up with anything, um, well, that's like I think one of the parallels between season one and two is in both seasons you have this little crew kind of developed by the end of the season that's very surprising. Like yeah. you're like, I did not really expect Mando and Grief Karga and uh, Cara Dune to be like a little crew and. <laughs> But yeah, they are. It is, a crew it's awesome. Will, like literally lay it all on the line for each other. In like, yeah. you know, Kara is very much at this point in the season. Just like, I mean, for God's sakes, Mando is like, can't take off my helmet. I'm, I'm low key dying, but don't take off my helmet. You know, and mm. and she's like, I'm not just gonna leave you here. Like, even though we're both like these independent people in this very cutthroat galaxy, like mm-hmm. I'm not leaving you behind to just sit here and die. Um, and it's, it's a very fascinating character dynamic. And I mean, then again, I get it. Cause like Mando rules. If I met Mando, I'd probably be willing to lay it all down for him in a second too. <laughs> like, I mean, look at the guy. I would too, but I'd also want to see you under, under that helmet. Yeah, I like, mean, all right, buddy, take that thing off. <laughs> Especially when you hear that like low gravelly voice, it's like, hang on, yeah, I need, I need to see if you're a babe under there to go with that voice, my dude. <laughs> I know. I, 
he's got such a good voice for this. Yeah. He's so good. I, and I really love that he like shares his most intimate moment with a droid. Yeah. <laughs> like, After the whole droids. season of him just like hating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to forget when one thinks about the second season because it's been more recent, you know, that that's a continuing thread throughout this first season. Because in the second season, it's very much just like, yeah, he's over it. We're, we're done yeah. with that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's such a lovely moment, too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also love that, like, in season two, when he takes off the helmet, he very much looks like dashing pedro pascal and in this yeah. one he takes off the helmet and is like no he's a mess like he just got yeah. the wind knocked out of him he's bleeding he's sweaty he's got helmet hair um whereas like i said he takes off his helmet after having a duel with like moff gideon and a bunch of other stuff and it's just like perfectly quaffed pedro yeah. pascal hair <laughs> um but hey i don't mind that either because no pedro pascal What's up, my man? Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. And he's a great actor. I mean, we should mention about his voice thing, but it's it's not like his natural voice thing either. It's very much a character decision. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's a it's a really great one. Um, And I remember seeing some interview with him where he talked about it and he was like, kids, their parents will meet me and be like, oh, son, this is the Mandalorian. And they're like, no, it's not. And he's like, but I can't do the, I'll look at the kid and I'll think, oh, I should do the voice. And then I realize that my voice is just like a bedroom voice. <laughs> and I can't look at this kid and be like, hey, kid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whenever you put it that way, yeah, that is I guess what that it voice is, yeah. is. But, you know, in the context of whenever you're, you know, a guy in 25 layers of clothing and a bunch of armor on top of it um it doesn't come across that way <laughs> whereas no. if, if you look like pedro pascal and you're just on the streets of new york i suppose <laughs> probably would come yeah. across a little different yeah um, i've definitely never thought about it that way but now i will every time i watch this <laughs> now show, every so. time you watch the show you're just gonna be like mm, that's a that's a low-key horny voice that he's doing yep. there mm. um but it's still it is really really great um mm-hmm and I do wonder in this episode how much of the suit stuff is actually Pedro versus other people. Because notoriously, yeah. this first season has a lot more people in the suit than the second one does. Hmm. I think I didn't realize that. I mean, I yeah. knew he wasn't in the suit a lot, but I didn't know season one was more of that. Yeah, the episode that's directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, I think it's called Sanctuary, where they, mm-hmm. uh, I think it introduces uh, Cara Dune and all that. Uh, he's not in the suit at all in that episode. Oh, wow. He only does vocal work uh, in that. <laughs> and then in season two, I believe, like, most of season two is him doing the physical work as well. So, um, Interesting. It's interesting. Um, but, hey, speaking as somebody who has a lot, of, a lot, not all, because of Sweet Jesus, <laughs> there's a lot of parts to that costume, <laughs> I could, I understand being like, mm. <laughs> Oh no! Look at my schedule. Look, oh no! Look at my wrist. I can't. I can't make it to set today to be in that much clothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a lot of. Do you think he parts. just like saw what a sensation the show was after season one? He's like, okay, I'm gonna be <laughs> in the suit. All right, in I guess two. I'll be in the suit now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the schedule just you know. I mean, that's the whole problem, right? With acting. 
we'd all love to see our favorite actors in like every imaginable thing, but like they, mm-hmm. they can't because they're not, you know, to reference another, you know, series, they don't have a time turner like Hermione Granger. They can't right. <laughs> be in everything all the time. Um, but with something like Star Wars, you get the extra layer of like somebody else can wear the helmet every once in a while, you know? Um, That's true. Unless you're a very, very picky um, actor. <laughs> driver who won't let <laughs> anybody else do the helmet stuff so well i actually was in the suit a few times in season one so oh congrats did you get yeah. paid like scale for that <laughs> no I, I actually paid them oh you're like as long as i get to wear the suit right i'll just i'll mm-hmm. just i'll pay y'all or i'll work for free whichever yeah i think most of season one was me so sick Right, you're gonna. We're gonna have to compare notes either, because like after, because like I said, I'm working on a costume. I gotta, I gotta hear all the, <laughs> all the sick deets. Um, so anyway, um, Mando rules. That's where we're at. Oh God, wait. It really does. Before we wrap up, we do of uh-huh. course have to talk about the reveal at the end of this episode. Oh yeah. When Moff gets out of his big old, um. Tie fighter? Was it a tie fighter? I don't know. I was half it paying attention when I rewatched it. It is a tie fighter. Yeah, I believe. And he cuts his way out, and we get re- you know the re- reveal of the dark saber, and um, it's a it's a dark lightsaber. It's crazy. Um, Pretty crazy. Well, and it like I, I didn't even realize this until I turned on my own dark saber that arrived here um, not not too long ago last week. Mm-hmm. The sound effect of the dark saber is wildly different to a normal lightsaber, um, which is really interesting. It's a lot more high pitched mm-hmm. and like whiny than a normal saber. Um, but what a cool, what a cool thing! Like it's just, I love that this is a lightsaber too. Besides the dark thing, right? The blade looks like a like katana blade. It has a handle mm-hmm. that looks much more like a conventional sword handle. Um, it's just a neat, a neat little thing, and I was, like I said, this time through, I took note of him talking earlier about being involved in the siege of Mandalore and all that, and I went, mm-hmm. "Oh, now everything they say about the saber in season two makes a lot more sense, and how he got it, and how you know, because that was something I remember wondering as soon as they showed this the first time through. I was like." Okay, but how did he get it? <laughs> what mm-hmm. happened here? Um, and I think there's yeah, still a bit it, of mystery it, to that, but it's 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 a cool amount of mystery, right? It's the amount of mystery that lets your brain kind of fill in some of the details. Um, yeah, and I still wonder if they're gonna. I, they probably will fill in more of those details later at some point. I feel probably. like they always end up, but even if it's just in comics or something, but. But yeah, yeah, it looks so cool. Um, I always love. I, I I just love the idea of lightsabers being in the Star Wars universe and like not only being a Jedi thing. Like, yeah, um, I think that's just like a cool thing about the dark saber. I didn't really even when I first watched it, I didn't quite know the significance of the dark saber because I think I was at the time currently watching through Clone Wars, and mm. um, so I hadn't really gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Um, and then I later saw it. So I didn't really have that same moment of excitement that like probably a lot of like hardcore Clone Wars fans did when they first saw it. Like, oh, they're doing the dark saber. I was just like, whoa, that's like a dark lightsaber. <laughs> that's <laughs> Pretty cool. cool. Like to me, thing. the reveal was just like this guy 
has a lightsaber. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's rad. And it's not expected, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's something that like I too didn't have tons of background in. I knew the de- some of the details, right? They're yeah. big details. They like, it was more con- connected to Mandalore than it was to any mm-hmm. Jedi. It, you know, it's, it's a dark lightsaber. <laughs> Pretty cool, uh, just on paper, those two words. Um, and, but even then, right, with just the minimal amount of detail, they, like, did that reveal, and I was like, oh, my God, where is this going, you know? It's yeah. a really great cliffhanger that isn't, like, a traditional cliffhanger, right? It doesn't leave you necessarily wondering about, like, ooh, but it gives you just enough like flavor to be like, all yeah. right, now where are we going with this? You know, um, it's great. It's, it's kind it's of a, a Marvel post credit scene. Yeah, I mean. it is. It definitely is. And but, I don't say that in a like dismissive way. Like yeah, it's cool. I right? like. And the thing is with the Marvel, the co- that is a good comparison. But like you said, this one, you can literally have no context and just be like, wait, how Mm -hmm. does this guy have a cool looking dark lightsaber, you know, and be excited. Whereas, yeah, a lot of the times the Marvel post credit scenes sometimes leave me a more casual Marvel fan going, (laughs) what am I supposed to be excited about here? You got to text your friend that knows more about Marvel. Yeah, I got to like, what was that thing? Text friend of the pod, Cody, and just be like, tell me, (laughs) tell me what's happening. Yeah, I knew we were both (laughs) on the same wavelength. (laughs) I think I texted Cody after Eternals, and I was like, "So what was that?" So <laughs> they Harry Styles question mark? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I knew that one. Is there another one? I don't know. There, there was, was something that was like, one, and I, I don't know who that was, is. But yeah, it was a uh, yeah. What a what a fun what a fun end credit thing on a aggressively not fun Marvel movie. But anyway, um, that's what happens when Chloe Zhao makes a Marvel movie. What can you say? Um, I'll defend Eternals, but not no, today. It's, it's it's good, right? It's it's it, I, I don't yeah. mean any like real I, shade I know. by this. I know. I no, know. it's fine. We can have an etern- Eternal sidebar. No, I'm just kidding. We're 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 at episode length, so we're not going to. It's a masterpiece. That, no, but it's not a masterpiece. But it's not. It's, it's a fun movie. It's fine. I went and saw it fairly late too, so I didn't have a big audience reaction. So maybe that's why I'm a right. little more like lukewarm. But um, you know what? We're thirty minutes in. Let's get double the length of this episode and the second half is the turtles. Let's Marvel. Let's go. Um, <laughs> no, although we are right around the corner from Spider Man. Hey, we are. That's a movie. It's a movie that's gonna happen, and I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. I just don't know about <laughs> that. I'm very excited know. about it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. know that i think it's gonna be good but yeah i'm as as somebody we will have a brief marvel sidebar here and that's fine mm-hmm. as somebody yeah. who's a huge huge raimi movie fan i am very mm-hmm. nervous about it because yeah i remember seeing a glimpse in one of the trailers uh of like the arms that looked a little red and i was like uh if y'all starkify those arms I will hunt you down. <laughs> like, I will hunt you down. I will not be happy. Um, I think they might starkify those arms. I don't want it. I don't want it. Put it back. Um, yeah. What can we'll I say? My, my biggest gripe with those movies has always been the over-starkification of, of Spider-Man. Yeah. So if they spread that to a, a, a Raimi movie character, I'm going to be 
sad. But that's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll see. We'll get there. And this is this is a topic for another pod <laughs> um, that I will not do because I'm not going to do a Marvel podcast. <laughs> but um, all that being said, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking Mando and Star Wars and Boba and all the good things. Yes, it's very fun. Anytime. Um. It has what been... What a good show. It's so good. It's one of the things I wrote down was just like, the show is incredible. The show is so good. <laughs> I think um, the two episodes you've had me on for this season are my least favorite and favorite episode of <laughs> the show. Well, there you go. Not of the show, of the season. Of the season, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is such a stellar ending episode to the season. Um, mm-hmm. They really nailed kind of the the landing on this first season with this episode. Um, for sure. Yeah. In a way that I feel like, you know, as we've hinted at with some of the stuff that goes on in season two, uh, their landing on that one is a little bit more debatable and, you know, yes. a topic of conversation for a lot of people. Whereas this yep. one, we're all like, no, yeah, season one. Yeah, this it. one's kind of undeniable. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of great. There's a lot I love about season two, but the ending is, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a- <laughs> Like I said, it's, it's a topic of debate. You know, everybody's got it an is. opinion about the end of season two of Manda. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, well, hey, uh, you got anything that you need to plug for our folks listening at home? Um, not really. You can find me on the internet if you want to. Um, <laughs> I think I uh, all of my social handles are different than they were on the, the last episode. Yes, um, you threw off Marcelo with that. <laughs> I've... I've uh, made a lot of life changes. No, uh, you can find me at Hey Mr. Wallet most places. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And then if you want to follow me in Letterboxd, I haven't paid the fee to be able to change my username on there. So I'm still at Elisha P. Smith on there if you want to. But yeah, whatever. He's he's a good Letterboxd follow. So I do recommend uh, um, seeking that out. Um, and as for me, of course, you can find... Uh, the stuff I write and do and record all at Talk Film Society. And um, I will be, I would imagine that by the time this comes out, surely I have uh, posted a top 10 of 2021. Um, nice. So check that out. Um, I'm already working on it now uh, at the time we're recording this. So. But I'm working on it with the level of like, but I'm still seeing movies, so things could get knocked out. So I'm putting right. a minimal amount of effort in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, that's an aside, another aside. But um, yeah, and on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, uh, I am at CallieSmith92. Twitter being more my m- movie and mainly Midnight Mass tweets at this point. <laughs> And Instagram is where, if you ever want to see pictures of my cosplay projects and stuff, Instagram is the place to be. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Check it all out. Again, thanks for being on the pod, Eli. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for everybody at home, may the force be with you.